was getting into it, if you had a tattoo, people gave you respect, you know what I mean? Um, but now everyone has a tattoo, so it doesn't, it's, it's just, it's almost uh, invisible now, you mm -hmm. know? Um, it used to be bikers, sailors, the fringe society people, rock and rollers, and now it's everyone, which is good and bad. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Radio DePaul podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Breedlove, and before we get into this episode, I want to take a moment to paint a picture in your mind. It's one o'clock in the afternoon, as fellow producer Kate Hoodstragen and I wait patiently in the lobby of Metamorph Tattoo Studios. When most people think of a tattoo studio, they tend to think of a rundown parlor decorated with skulls and demons everywhere. At least, that was a common stereotype many years ago. Tattoos used to be associated with the fringe society, people who supposedly hated the world and authority. That's at least what I was taught anyways. Sitting here though, with the soothing music, soft fairy lights surrounding an ethereal dragon portrait, and watching a classic oil painting being finished on a giant TV screen, you'd hardly think you were sitting in a tattoo shop. The only dead giveaway was the occasional needle buzz in the background. This week, we aim to break down the social dynamics of tattooing and how it has evolved into the industry that it is today. This is episode 67, Societal Abrasions. I started tattooing in 94 as an apprentice. That's Derek Mullins, the owner of Metamorph Studios. We had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with him and Edgar Zavala, who works for Derek. And uh, it was a small world of tattooists, so there was about, and I'm going to guess, I could be wrong, there were about 15 shops in the city of Chicago. Everything was special use permits, which meant you have to go downtown, change the zoning, go before a city board, and get permission to tattoo. They didn't want a lot of tattoo shops. In 2005, they changed that, so I went through all the rigmarole of, it was a lot of work to change, to get a license. But they changed that recently, so now everyone can get a license easily. So you've seen anywhere going from 15 to 200 and something tattoo shops. I kind of came in after his generation, so like I was, I came up when the, it was trending already. You know, that's when I started tattooing roughly. Because I've only been doing this four years, so it's not a super long time. But um, I am motivated, ambitious to you know do the best that I can while I'm young. You know, this is something that's not gonna. I'm not going to be able to do this when I'm 60 years old, you know, eventually, you know, my body's going to wear out and stuff, so I have to venture out, you know, and invest in other things and stuff like that. But for now, it's, it's good, and I've seen it change from, like, you know, people, you know, getting, like, smaller things to now getting, you know, artwork, you know, it's not like... Uh, serious collectors. Yeah, yeah, serious collectors. I, I, those are the kind of clientele that I want to work for, you know, people who really dig your stuff and will fly out from other states or countries even and just to come get your piece, you know, I want to do that. I'm taking some spots for some artists that are, you know, maybe in Italy and L.A. or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. 
again, I've been doing this for 24 years, so I noticed trends after a while. And I saw a lot of shops appear and a lot of bad quality artists appear who didn't um, follow tradition, who didn't follow. It's like being a journalist and saying, I don't need to learn from the past. I know everything already. When journalists for hundreds of years have, you know, um, honed your art. So uh, I noticed that, but now it's getting to the point where those shops are dropping off because the tattooists don't last because of skill levels or they just can't run a shop. Um, it's been it's way more acceptable now. When I was getting into it, if you had a tattoo, people gave you respect, you know what I mean? Um, but now everyone has a tattoo, so it doesn't, it's, it's just, it's almost uh, invisible now, you know. Um, it used to be bikers, sailors, fringe society people, rock and rollers, and now it's everyone. Which is good and bad, because it's created a lot more clientele for us, but it has also increased the, um, the competition. Um, and the industry, again, has been watered down because you'll get people teaching people who aren't fully taught in the field. They're not a master, they're not an expert. So you have kids teaching kids how to do it and then so forth and so on, and that just gets a little bit watered down. Me personally, I'm fine with that because it doesn't, it creates non-competition for me. So my guys here, I run a pretty strict shop, um, and like Edgar is a perfect example of a, a motivated artist who knows what he's doing, he knows where he's going, and I don't have to push him, he is self-motivated. One of the things I find most interesting about tattoos is that everyone has them now. As Derek says, it's both a good thing and a bad thing. It's making your body a canvas, a very sensitive canvas at that. The skin can take so much and it can absorb so much pigment and take so much um, abrasion. Your body reads it like a superficial scratch mm -hmm. uh, it'll get really hard like the skin will just bounce right with the needle and then once the skin locks because it's broken it, it becomes very hard so if the needle's still hitting it it'll just rip you like it'll just force its way in and that's when the real pain comes in <laughs> basically tattoo needles are like paintbrushes so you have flats you have rounds you have a smaller gauge you have larger gauge and all the needles are not different sizes it's different amounts of needles so there's uh, anywhere from one, which I've never used, I think it's highly disadvantageous, from three, five, seven, nines, eights, elevens, uh, fourteens, and the numbers as they grow, that's the amount of needles in the grouping. Your body becomes a canvas for both you and the artist to collaborate on. I like to do realistic work. Um, I do do a little bit of everything. I'm kind of subjected to whatever the client brings and wants to get tattooed. Um, I just kind of try to maybe illustrate it my way, you know, and if they like it, we'll work it like that. I am a strict believer of being able to do any style. Doesn't mean I like the style, but a competent tattoo artist should be able to illustrate very strictly and very well and rather quickly and to be able to do anything so they're not a one trick. Well, it, every, there's all individual reasons. I'll get tattoos uh, marking a time in my life, um, either a graduation or a, a, some sort of important event, event in my life, 
or I'll just know I want something. Um, but it always has to, it always means something to me. Here's my saying, everyone has their own suit when it comes to tattoos. Some people, it's just one tiny tattoo. Some people, it's crazy, naked ladies everywhere, and it fits them. Not for me, but it's for them. Uh, and other people have um, different work that fits them. So you have to respect that everyone has their own suit. You know, it can go from one tattoo to full body coverage. Um, and a lot of times people will get them, me as well, um, again, during uh, important uh, milestones in my life. It's either a reflection of themselves or a memorial piece for somebody else, a symbol for um, a certain time of their life, or I don't know, maybe some people get them spontaneously when they're out on vacation. They're just like, oh, let's just get a little something, and you know, that's just a reminder of what they got, you know? Um, a lot of that, actually. Yeah. Tourist tattoos, yeah. which are great, you know? They're, it's like a charm bracelet. Start, sorry to interrupt. Oh, it's like a charm bracelet, you know? You went there, you were here to collect. Or sometimes just for pure pain, I've had people come and, and they ask for, let's say, how much is this? And I give them a price and they don't like it. And, okay, I have this much, what can I get for this? You know, it's not no longer something they want to get. If they just want the experience, they want to sit under the needle and they want to get a tattoo and feel the, you know, what it's go like. Through to get yeah, go through the ritual of sitting through it and being able to take it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be because they think something's cute or whatever. It's just just for the experience, you know. And, and experience in different shops is different as well, you know. Um, so it's it's cool. Like it's kind of like a culture thing, you know. Like once you get a little one, you know, little by little, you might, you know, five months later, you might want another one, and they, they, you know, next thing you know, you're, you have a whole arm covered, and you know, you've been to a shop enough to where you start participating in things like conventions and hanging out and, and certain things, you know, just be part of the industry. This is a prediction. People are doing less and less walk-in shop, walk-ins, so the public, it's less available to the public to get quality art. And everyone's opening their own private studios, and those people who are artists, they're trained to draw pretty pictures, are going to have to become businessmen. And that is daunting, uh, because that's not what we're trained to do. Um, so I do see a trend in a bunch of private shops opening, some of them surviving, some folding, and then I, w I do think if the trend continues to people not wanting to do walk-in art, which they should do, it's kind of like earning your colors, you know, it's like, it's like a proving ground. Um, a rite of passage. A rite of passage. Plus, you're, you're in the battlefield and you're, you have to do your best every time, so you are practicing to do the best you can each time, therefore through repetition making you better. But I do see a trend, I think maybe in three years, four years, there's going to be a lot more walk-in shops, because everyone's getting away from that now. Either that or robots are going to start doing the tattoos. <laughs> <laughs>
and copiers and other people are actual have art skills. I fell into it as well. Um, I didn't think I would always be doing it. Um, at one point, like I went through phases, and I wanted to be a basketball player when I was young, and then a skateboarder, and then I wanted to do something in science. Um, but then that included a lot of math, and I'm terrible at math. <laughs> That's why I didn't do it. But I did doodle a lot during class, so I mean, when I got to high school, that's when I was like, you know, I want to do something with art, you know. You meet everybody, you know, from... All echelons of life. Yes, everybody. So, like, every day I meet somebody new, you know, and it's, it's, it's awesome, you know. You can engage in conversation, they'll tell you a story, you, you know, share stories, common interests, whatever. It's just, it's very therapeutic for both, you know, like, me as the artist and... And them at you know receiving a tattoo. So there is a there is a strange uh, aspect of therapy mm-hmm. where they'll um, sometimes they'll cry, you know, if like if it was a passing of someone. Or a lot of times they'll tell their story just to get it out, almost like talking to a bartender kind of, you know. You know, people will tell bartenders stuff that's like, well, do you really want to tell me that? Yeah, people will say some real personal stuff, and it's like... But they trust us. Yeah. That's the thing. One of the biggest things our job is, first, is to get them be people to trust us. And because people come in apprehensive, maybe they've never had a tattoo, or maybe they've had bad experiences, my job is to melt their fear. And once I do that, they're very open, and I try to guide them, control the conversation and the project so they get the best thing they can get and maybe even something that they never thought of before. That's the best thing ever. It was my second year of tattooing and a young lady and her dad came in. Her dad was about 60 and he was blind, blind, blind. He wanted to tattoo. Just wanted to tattoo. Couldn't see it, but he wanted to tattoo. Didn't know what he wanted. So we sat down, very nice, father and daughter. And I said, what do you like? They're like, I like beer. Okay. So I, I found a little beer mug. It was a tr- very traditional Sailor Jerry, nice little beer mug. And the guy's last name was Nichols. And there was a five cent beer. It was a five cent beer, nickel. So I said, how about this one? And he asked his daughter, he's like, is it good? She's like, yeah, dad, you'd like it. It's cool. He's like, okay, let's do it. And so I tattooed a little perfect beer mug with a little, you know, foam head on it and then the five cent. And he absolutely loved it. And that was one of my favorites. Cause he, and he's like, so how does it look? And it's beautiful. He's like, I love it, you know. <laughs> so it was very, very sweet. Um, one more. I had a um, very elderly black gentleman come in, World War II vet. He was in Italy with his whole company. And they got tattooed during the war, except for him. They got their insignia. So before he passed away, he wanted to get his insignia. And he, it was very sweet. He was 82. And he did great. I worked in a shop where the owner was very strict. He, he had no tattoos. And he was just running a tattoo shop. You know, he was just a greedy guy. So, like, there was always constant pressure to take on the next tattoo. One of the cases, he was there breathing down my neck. And he made me take an appointment for a portrait. He said, you can do it, you know. And I didn't want to do it because it was an old lady and she had like a saggy eye, you know, and I, I was just like, oh man, like I didn't feel comfortable at all doing it. And now uh, I asked him, you have any more photos? I, I can, like, can I crop it like to make this eye look like that eye, you know, Photoshop magic? And he's like, nah, he wanted it just like that. And I was super nervous. I was about to turn him down, right? But 
you know, again, I was under the pressure that my boss wanted to make money, so. Um, I started tattooing him, and um, I, he got some script under, so I started with that, and I was making conversation, and he told me about his grandma, you know, and um, about how, you know, his mom and his dad, um, they're not in his life. His mom, I think, was a drug addict, and his dad, you know, walked out, you know, a story like that, and that his grandma raised him, you know, and, and he fell into, like, selling drugs and, you know, crime and stuff like that. So he got locked away and she, she passed away while he was in jail. So he, he just felt, you know, terrible. Um, I mean, after a conversation like that, it, it, it like broke the ice in a way, you know, like for me, like I, I saw how much he felt about it and I did a, I did a good job. You know, I was impressed with myself and um, everyone was surprised at the shop, you know, cause I never did portraits. So when they saw through that, they just, their eyes lit up, you know? and. And it was just like knowing how much it means to someone, you know, and after that, the next portrait I did, I did it with more confidence and then the next one with more confidence, you know, so like I just had to do one, you know, and it's, 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 I, you know, I was more worried about my skill and, you know, stuff like that, that I didn't take in consideration what it means to the client, you know, and putting those two things together. No matter your reasoning for getting a tattoo, it's an experience like no other. It's a moment of bonding between you and an artist that forms a connection that you'll never forget. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing is up to you. If you're thinking about getting a tattoo, consult with an artist to craft something completely unique to you within your price range. The stigmas have changed surrounding tattoos. It's your body. As long as you're safe, you can do what you want with it. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Radio DePaul podcast. This episode was written and produced by Kate Hoodstragen and myself, Sarah Breedlove. We'd like to extend a huge thank you to Derek Mullins and Edgar Zavala for speaking with us this week. Be sure to check out Metamorph Tattoo in Wicker Park. Their work is pretty sick. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on SoundCloud and iTunes. It really helps us out. However, if you want more content and you're hungry for comedy, be sure to tune in to Mistaken Eggs, where humor is served sunny side up. You can find that on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the Radio DePaul app. Once again, I'm Sarah Breedlove, and thank you for listening to the Radio DePaul podcast.